So number one, the sooner the better, meaning the sooner you can acquire a piece of real estate in your life, the better, because it's a long-term investment. You're not going to get rich as quick as you think uh, in real estate. It's going to take some time. The big money is in the long-term play. And how do you know when you're ready to buy a home? I usually tell somebody, once you feel confident enough that you are going to stay in one place for five or more years, that's the time that you want to invest in a piece of real estate and get, get your hands on a, on a primary residence. Because if you're going to rent for five years in one location, you're basically paying off someone else's mortgage, which to me is ridiculous. You know, there's, there's, uh, there's hurdles. You know, people say, oh, I can't get into home ownership because it's the wrong time, or I don't have the money, or I just went through a divorce, or I'm too young, or I'm too old. I mean, everyone's got excuses. But I'll tell you right now that somebody with bigger problems than you has figured out a way to get a piece of real estate. with the cousins what's up guys and welcome back to another episode of home with the cousins well if that intro didn't say it all we are talking to mr scott mcgilvery this week um and the man well you heard it he's got the most practical real estate advice i think of any interview that we've done to date Um, he's been in the game for a long time he knows how to do his homework and he's got very actionable advice for you guys to get into the real estate game now don't get confused this is not a flipping episode it is not a flipping episode this is practical advice on how to get yourself a primary residence get into real estate ownership for the long play so you can see some big long-term gains uh, over time. Um, So without further ado, let's jump into it. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. All right, Scotty, what's up, buddy? It's good to talk to you guys. It's been a while. I haven't seen you. It has. It has been a while. I heard your uh, passport was revoked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's stuck in Canada. He can't get about. Too much traveling. <laughs> we, we, we're, we all travel a lot, and it's just—it's nice sometimes when we get to cross paths. Uh, but you know, unfortunately, it doesn't happen as often no, as we'd the, like, right? That's the truth, man. Yeah, yeah. what we were just saying—what it was Vegas, uh, KBiz, Vegas, two, two three, year, three years ago. Three years ago? Well, the last two years. Two, two years, years ago. Two years ago. Because the past two... Well, yeah, technically. Technically. It was three K businesses ago, but two correct, years ago. Correct, correct. Okay, <laughs> all right. Let's, let's get technical. Let's get technical. <laughs> Freaking jerks. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? You know what? You know, I was thinking about this, Scott, when we when I was driving down to Jersey City today, because we do all the podcasts at Anthony's place, and I was thinking, I'm like, you know what? I don't know if, if any of the fans remember, but when we started on HGTV with Kitchen Cousins, we were on Wednesday nights. And it was Income Property, then it was Kitchen Cousins, and then it was the Property Brothers. And they had all those crazy commercials for the Man Wednesdays, and they had like these sexy, right. right? Remember all those? That's right. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't think that would fly today. It used to be like Man Man Wednesdays. Men's Day. Yeah. I, I think Wednesday. it was called Men's Days. Or something like Men's Day. Men's, Men's Day on HCTV. Yes, yes. Yes, yeah, Scott, I don't know if you're aware or not, but when they sent us to uh, Asia to launch the show over there, 
there was a compilation of you, us, Property yeah. Brothers, that made the HGTV USA uh, Wednesday thing look tame. It looked tame. Yeah. <laughs> it, I was, oh, I was, God. I was so embarrassed sitting in my hotel room. Like they're airing, they're showing what commercial over yeah, here. It was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was pretty sexual. It, it was, was, it was really funny. It was pretty sexual. Was, you know what? I'm sure it's, I'm sure it was pretty tame compared to what we're like in real life anyway. So <laughs> could have been that bad. That's Couldn't right. have been that bad. That's True. right. True. So, um, obviously home with the cousins, you know, we're just trying to provide real good actionable advice. For, for homeowners, for potential real estate investors, um, and, and anybody who wants to dabble, uh, jump into the deep end, play in that in that real estate pool. Um, and obviously, you know, you do an absolute ton of investing. Uh, your shows are focused on that income property uh, for everybody who's listening. And uh, now the new one, Buyer's Bootcamp, which is super interesting. I love the concept. And you can take us through that in, in a minute or two. Um but you know we're we're super keen to talk to you because all you do is actionable advice. So I think that you can really give people um, some really great insight. You know the the podcast was born out of teaching people how to plan before they execute, um, so they don't screw up their budgets, get delayed, you know, run into the myriad problems that we all know occur on construction price on construction sites in in, in these projects. Um, but whether you want to focus on planning or if you just want to focus on, you know, where the value is in the home and, and how to extract the most equity out of it, you know, we're happy to go either direction, both. But, you know, definitely excited to have you on and, and talk about some real good info here for these guys. Yeah, it's always good to, you know, like kind of get it out there. And people are always asking, you know, how do I get the most money out of my home or how do I make money in real estate? Um, you know, especially when people come to me. Uh, they're they're usually looking for a little bit of financial advice with the real estate advice, and I guess organically it's because of sort of my background being from the, the real estate investing side, and um, and you know I, I really try to to advise people that whenever you're doing an improvement on your house, whenever you're putting money into your your piece of real estate, is that you should be thinking about your return on investment because this is you know, this is the largest financial decision most people will make in their lives. And for a lot of people, it's not until they're getting close to retirement that they realize that, you know, this, this asset that they have is, is probably the biggest game changer uh, for their retirement. So, you know, I mean, I love it that people watch our shows and they, you know, they see you guys doing amazing things and they see us renovating all kinds of stuff. But I'm always thinking... You know, I'm always thinking to myself, are we giving people the right advice so that when they put money into their homes that they're going to get the value out of it? Yeah, that's so a, that is important. That's a that's a great uh, approach. And, and we've you know, we, I think we've echoed that sentiment a few times with people on this podcast, just that, look, we love our shows. And if they do nothing but give you guys good ideas or design thoughts or whatever, that's fantastic. In 22 minutes, in 49 minutes, you obviously can't deep dive, and that was really the impetus for for kicking this off, and you know, getting those people who want the the extended knowledge behind the the glossy magazine that they see us that they see us uh, paint on TV, you know, this is this is what that information is for. And, and Scott, I think I don't, you know, doing more research on you, I don't think a lot of people, and it happens even with Anthony and I. I think with most people on HGTV or DIY. 
people see us at as TV personalities, right? They don't understand the background that we've had all the years in real estate and what we've done. And you've had so much real estate knowledge throughout your years with the development projects. You've done large development projects, being a licensed contractor. So you have all this information that goes across many different avenues. It's it's not just saying, okay, well, I've seen income property and Scott knows how to make another part of my house into, into something that's going to make me money. It's like, no, I'm giving you information across all these different spectrums because I've learned from the very, very large projects and I've learned from the small projects. And there's always that medium information that our homeowners need to know. And I think having the knowledge that, that you kind of can give everyone, it, it's going to help them out. Yeah, and I, I, you guys can attest to this as well. I think that there's really like two types of people on on reality television in our in our sort of spaces. There's the people who are TV people who are figuring out how to do real estate stuff, and then there's the people like us who are real estate people trying to figure out the TV stuff. And it's <laughs> well yeah, said, very it's true. Frust- it's frustrating. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell people TV is it like slows me down, and it's it's a challenge uh, because the frustrating part is you don't get to, you don't get to tell the whole story. A renovation is a huge story and it's a huge education as well. And I mean, the longest you're going to get for a, for a renovation show is like 42 minutes, right? Yep, so exactly. how much can we teach you in 42 minutes? I mean, don't, don't get not me much. wrong. I mean, <laughs> you, you could give some tips, but there is a lot of stuff you're not learning. Yeah, you're not a licensed contractor after watching 42 minutes of a show, so be, yep. be, beware a little bit. But I, I, that's why I think it's important to definitely make sure that you, throughout many episodes, are giving people enough nuggets that they can kind of piece things together and at least get some direction on where to go. I mean, I, I don't think anybody really believes that you can renovate a kitchen in between commercial breaks. <laughs> we know it takes I mean, it takes a little longer than that in real life, but you know, if if we can show you that that some of the best places in your home to renovate are the kitchens and are the bathrooms, and if you can start to understand some of the terms that are used in construction, you can actually use that when you know you're interviewing contractors and yep. you've got designers in your room. Be inspired by the shows, be motivated by the shows, get tips from the shows, um, but don't you know, necessarily think you've got the entire scope of work figured out from watching one episode. Exactly right. So, so let's start here then. When, when, when you've got, when you're giving advice to homeowners, well, let's say potential homeowners, because I'm going to ask a finance question here. How, how, what's your best advice for, for people when they're figuring out their financial formula of, of buying a home, whether it's their first home, their third home, they're selling a home prior to buying a second one. How do you, how do you recommend to them to run their numbers, backing into it, uh, you know, find how, how to find out whether they're going to be on the positive side of equity from from the minute they buy, or okay, you've got to do A, B, C, and D in a renovation. That's going to cost you X. So purchase price plus X. So like, where do you where do you start with homeowners? Well, I mean, a great question is sort of how to how to guide people into right. real estate, right. and um, you know, I think. 
after many years of not only doing it myself, being into real estate, but working with thousands of, of other people that are either becoming homeowners or real estate investors, what I've learned is that the, number one, the sooner the better, meaning the sooner you can acquire a piece of real estate in your life, the better, because it's a long-term investment. Correct. You're not going to get rich as quick as you think uh, in real estate. It's going to take some time. The big money is in the long-term play. And how do you know when you're ready to buy a home? I usually tell somebody, once you feel confident enough that you are going to stay in one place for five or more years, that's the time that you want to invest in a piece of real estate and get, get your hands on a, on a primary residence. Because if you're going to rent for five years in one location, you're basically paying off someone else's mortgage, which to me is ridiculous. You know, there's, there's, uh, there's hurdles. You know, people say, oh, I can't get into home ownership because it's the wrong time, or I don't have the money, or I just went through a divorce, or I'm too young, or I'm too old. I mean, everyone's got excuses. But I'll tell you right now that somebody with bigger problems than you has figured out a way to get a piece of real estate, whether it be you know, acquiring the right financing by shopping around, by partnering with somebody, by getting a co-signer from a family member, by borrowing some money. Um, you know, there are ways to get into home ownership, and, and if you do it when you're young enough and you can hold that property for a long period of time, you're going to be thanking yourself. And um, on that first property, people always say, what's the first property I should buy? You know, you should own a primary residence, and um, if you can buy something that's a fixer-upper that needs a ton of work, that's great because sweat equity is some of the best value you can kind of put into a property, and I um, I think that's one of the best things that people can learn from the show is they can get a handle on some things they can do themselves from demolition to DIY projects to general labor work and, and just learn that there's, there's a lot that can be done on a property and some of it can be done on your own or even managed on your own in, in order to be able to get into the real estate market at a price point that you can afford and then build equity in by doing value-added renovations. Well, I, I, I think, think that's where a lot of people win. I think yeah. that's great advice because uh, talking to so many people, uh, giving that five-year plan saying, if you don't see yourself in that home for five years, then you shouldn't do it. That is perfect advice because so many people, they think they can go in and they can do a quick flip and they're going to make all... You know, what they don't realize is that's not the reality for most people. Sometimes, are, are you going to hit it big? Absolutely. But is it the norm? It's not the norm. So I think giving that, that five years to people is exactly the, the right advice. And I would ask you this, as far as the sweat equity goes, and you started alluding to some of the things, is there one thing that, that you can think of that kind of is the, I, I would say... Um, is, is the one thing that will give you the most money if you're doing the sweat equity portion of it? Is there like that one thing that you say, I always tell everyone, if you can do this, this is the number one thing that you must do first? Well, there is a, there is a bit of a secret as a, in the real estate investing side of things that anyone can use if they know how to do it. And it takes a little bit of, you know, it takes a little bit of research to understand how this, this truly works. It's probably not exactly what you guys had in mind as the answer to this question. I love it, Scott. If, give, give, me, give me something that I'm totally not expecting. That's the, that, that's the best answer. <laughs> that, that's exactly what I want. 
Well, you know what? When people are out searching for that first home and thinking what is the best way for me to create value and equity, the obvious answer is to find something that needs work, and it doesn't really matter what that work is. As long as it's an improvement on the property, it, it can potentially add value. But the true secret that we use as real estate investors, and I think people are surprised when they learn this, because even if you're, if you're a first-time buyer or you're flipping houses, if you don't use this strategy, you're screwed. And that is the idea that you have to make your money on the purchase. A lot of people, and then I'll explain what that means, right? Make your money on the purchase. A lot of people will watch a show, like a flip show, even our, the new show Buyer's Bootcamp. People are like, I'm excited. I want to get into flipping houses. And I said, the number one thing that will either make you or break you is, is buying it right. You have to buy the property correctly. Because people think that flipping is buying a, a retail property, fixing it up, and selling it at a premium. When, in fact, that's the riskiest way of investing in real estate. The truth is the people who are making the most money, whether it's a flip or a rental, is that we're buying at wholesale. We're fixing it up, and we sell it at retail. And if you can sell it at a premium, that's all extra gravy. Yep. But you can't, you can't run a business model hoping to sell everything at a premium. That one in, you know, one in five or one in four that you do sell at a premium, that's like your bonus. But you need need to be able to sell at retail and still make money. It's hundred percent. The the most important skill when buying properties is understanding how to be patient. Understanding that having people reject your offer is actually a good thing. That yeah. means you're you're working the the market. Uh, you know, I tell people if one in ten of my offers is accepted, I'm thrilled. That's that's like impressive. It's sometimes it's more like one in twenty of my offers get accepted because I'm looking to make my money on the front end. And you got to remember that you're not ripping somebody off to do this. I think that's the, the warning that comes with this is people like, okay, I got to go out there and, you know, rip somebody off to get a, a good house or I got to buy a foreclosure. You'd be amazed at where the deals come from, but getting a property, you know, 20% below market value, it happens every day. Yep. It happens all the time because sellers aren't always just motivated by money. Usually when someone is selling, it's because they've got some sort of pressure on them. There's, you know, it could be they need to move. It could be a relocation. It could be a divorce. It could be an illness. It could just be that they are excited to get out of this place and they've already and bought gone. another one yeah. and now they need to sell it. Yep. And the best thing you can do is to, to help that person offload this property as quickly and as convincingly as possible. Sometimes the clients where you hear cash buyers always are getting deals because yep. it helps the seller have the confidence. I've seen sellers who have had five or six deals fall through. Their whole life is on hold. They've already bought another house. They're under a tremendous amount of stress. I'll come in. I may offer 15 to 20% less than what other people were offering them. But if it's a clean offer, that's exactly what they've been looking for. So 100%. buying it right is the is the magic. Like if you want to talk about the number one secret to making money in real estate, buy it right. That was the that was That's like it, the man. best answer. I yeah. honest to God, I'm glad That's, you said it's that. It's the first it's thing I, I learned. It's the first thing my father taught me when, when when we bought our our first building in Hoboken. It was it yep. was buying it right. Um, and and you know Scott, it's worth saying out loud too, guys. If people don't want to accept your offer, they're not going to accept it. Yeah. So you're. You can't rip somebody off if you say, I'll give you a dollar for your house, and they say, no, well, then you didn't rip them off. But if you said, I'll give you a dollar, and they said, oh, great, I can't wait, well, then they're happy with that price. So 
yeah you know you, you don't yes you know there there are limits and, I, and I'm using it as as a as an example but Scott's point is so 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 valuable I, I would I would step back through his answer and listen to it again repeat repeat on that one yeah it is it <laughs> and, and, and and think about it in another way the market the retail market is set so you know what things are selling for if you're working with a real estate agent or you've got your real estate agent your real estate license yourself, Go on the MLS. Go on, uh, you know, a, any any website that's got listings, and you can see a number of bedrooms, number of bathrooms, what the range is selling for. That's what Scott's talking about. That's a retail price. You want to buy something under that so that you've got margin to improve it, and then be selling it at that retail price. So you're not trying to go above and beyond the market. You're trying to meet the market, which means there's a lot more able and willing buyers at that price. It's true. And, and, you know, it's funny, like, I think a lot of people have the question that you guys set me up with this for, which is, what's the number one thing I can do to make money on, on a piece of property? And, and the funny thing is that when you, when you learn how to buy properties correctly, when you know how to make money on the front end, it doesn't really matter what you do after that. The margins are typically fantastic on all of, on everything. Yep. Like I bought a place uh, below market value recently and it was a disaster. It was like a hoarder house. And I literally went in, I had like four laborers, a couple dumpsters. We cleaned it out. I primed all the walls. We had uh, cleaning service come in and just wipe everything down. And we sold it and made $25,000. And what's the renovation we did? We cleaned the house. Wow. Like, it's ridiculous, you gotta right? Be, you got to be willing to work. You got to be able to put that sweat into it because that's where the value is. Yep. Absolutely. And, and that's great advice, you know, because, again, I think so many people want to get wrapped up in the construction, in the design, because, of course, that's what they see us do. And like you said, Scott, it's beautiful. It looks great. But there's so much that goes on. There's so many things. You know, we try to give people that advice. So if you are if you are taking on that project, we just want you to go about it the the right way. Learn from our mistakes because we, we have made them, and we're giving you all these pieces of inf- information. But if you go about it right from the get go with that information that that you just said, that is gold, brother. And I'm gonna tell you right, that was a home run answer. You not you knocked that one out of the park. That was so, great, great. So answer. Scott, where's your, where's your when, when you when you're talking to homeowners specifically, and and DIY is a very subjective thing as we all know. Everybody has a different skill level. Everybody owns a different set of tools and and has a different level of comfort working with them. But where's the line that you draw that says, don't mess with that. Don't hire somebody. Get it done right. Get it done faster you know, have a crew do that kind of thing. And and as you stated at the beginning, yes, you can manage it yourself, but where's your, do you, or, or even if you don't, maybe you don't have a hard and fast line, um, as to what you should do and and should not do yourself. Yeah. And I think there's, there's some sort of basic principles that we all fall, any licensed contractor designer, um, is going to give you the same advice. You know, don't touch any plumbing, yep. don't touch any electrical, don't yep. do the HVAC, yep. don't do any, you know, gas work or structural work. Uh, and I think that's pretty obvious. But, you know, realistically, if you're not going to do a quality job, don't touch it in the first place because there is no return on investment on a job poorly done. And, you know, you can be, conf- you can be excited if you want to, lay floors, for instance, right? You don't need to be licensed to put down 
uh, vinyl floors or whatever. So you want to lay floors? If you're going to do a great job, go for it. But if you're going to do a lousy job, that's the limit. The limit is if you're not going to do a good job, don't do it because you go. you're not doing yourself any favors. I tell people only rich people can afford cheap renovations because you just have to keep fixing them over and over. Oh, that's good. That's good, Scott. That's really good. Scott, I'm going to use that at some point. I, like that. I really like that. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I love that. That is great. Um, you know, you know I was I was thinking about also, you know, of course your 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 first I know you've had many shows, but but your major show income property which what would you do? 11 seasons? We did, yeah, we did 11 seasons and some specials. I think we ended up with about 220 episodes that's, of that show. That's, that's, that's a little bit, but I love, you know, it, it, when you think of income property, income property was way ahead of its time when you think of, like, Airbnbs now. How popular are people sure. wanting to rent their house out or 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 room or or a basement you know you know that the basements that you did or an or over a garage or you know everybody's doing that now it's so popular and you did it way before it's time you were literally six seven years before it really started popping and oh, dude I, I can't even tell you how like frustrating he's mad. That <laughs> he's getting like, mad. <laughs> you know the, to be the trailblazer in, on that front you know, when I, what, it's so funny to me because I was doing rental properties in my real life. That was my, that was my thing. I was doing student rentals and basement apartments. And although it's very lucrative, you know, making money doing it, it was not sexy. Nobody was like, oh, so great, Mr. Yeah. Landlord. Like, <laughs> yeah. The word landlord had like basically the worst, the worst stigma ever. <laughs> yeah worse yeah. and i so when i started to do this show like you know i still remember the network saying i don't know if anybody's going to be interested in in this idea of of like renting out spaces to people it sounds so junky and you know it, and i was like well it sounds junky but it makes money it and makes then, money. You, know, if you do a good job it's not junky at all so i tried to focus on being you know the best landlord you can be i always said the caliber of your space dictate dictates the caliber of your tenants do a good job, make beautiful spaces. You're always going to make more money and you're going to have better tenants. And it was a lot of work to, to kind of build that reputation up. And then the Airbnbs came and, you know, they took advantage of it. I feel like I should get a royal. I think you should. That's what I was Airbnb. thinking. Maybe you should contact the CEO and say, hey, were you watching Income Properties? Is this how the whole thing I think started? I know where this you is... got the idea. Yeah, I think where <laughs> you know where it started. <laughs> Don't hold your breath, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh but God. believe you me, there's a lot. You know what? You never know what's going to happen. You know, you kind of, I always tell people, you just got to go for it and you got to give it your best shot. And that's what Income Property was. I was 28 years old when I started doing that show. And I, you know, I was thinking, who's going to listen to me? I'm just this kid doing my, you know, student rentals and basement apartments. And then the show took off. And it was interesting because I remember, I remember the show had just gotten popular and I think it was like 2008, and then the real estate market took a crash. Yeah, got crushed. And, yeah. and I remember saying, I remember saying to my wife, I was like, you know, what, for one week I was like, yes, my show is way up in the ratings and it's a top show on the network. And then the next week I was like, now I'm one of the top shows in the worst category to be popular. <laughs> in real estate. Yeah, but, but but you know, Scott, it, it 
your show couldn't have been more timely in 2008 yeah. because when when you can't afford to to move and you are underwater and there are no buyers and demand is in the toilet and everything else the best thing you can do is have a piece of your property that can generate income it helps you pay your mortgage it, it you know it helps you offset utility bills it, there is a way to make money in any kind of real estate market, it's about keeping your eyes open and understanding your options, you know, when that market occurs. And the longer you're in that game, obviously, you're paying attention to those signs and, and trying to re maybe read the tea leaves a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, listen, it's, a, it's true. It was a timely show. But I think what was partially luck, um, but now I realize is, is clutch in any sort of financial scenario, any investment you do in your life. You better make sure that it works in good times and bad. And, you know, I, and I look back at, at clips of when I was interviewed, you know, 12 years ago when I'm doing this show, and people are like, why would anybody want to do this? And I said this, I said something which just came to mind at the time, but I, I didn't realize how true it was. And it was something along the lines of, you know, when, when times are good, having an income property is a great way to make money in real estate, right? Yep. And when times are bad, it's a great way to make money in real estate. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, right. which is so important because you don't necessarily want to advise people on how to do something that's only going to work sometimes, right? Well, and and if people, if any of our fans are looking to do an income property or an Airbnb, whatever we want to call it, because I think you started it, and they're I, one and the same. They're one and the same. I know they're it's one the and the same. The same thing. Mm -hmm. um, is there? It, is there with all the hundreds of episodes you did and the private stuff? Is there is there too small? Is it do people say, you know what? No, you know my 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 basement or my room or my area is too small. Is there anything like that, or is it something that literally most people, if you want to, if you want to seriously do it, you can do it. Well, I think that there's, I mean, if you absolutely want to do it, there's always going to be a way. Is it going to make financial sense? Not necessarily, though, right? So for me, there's always like a tipping point. If I'm not going to recoup my entire investment within five years or less, I'm probably not even going to get into it. So, you know, if you're doing $50,000, $60,000 renovation, factor in the cost of financing that, and if you can at least pay it off in maybe three years or so, yep. then you're in a good situation because it's all gravy after that. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing that's important to p pay attention to with the income property stuff is, you know, you're looking for a little bit different kind of house. You want to have a separate entrance. Um, you know, you've, yeah. you've, you've got a, well, I mean, like in our area, it's a lot of multifamily stuff. So if you're buying a brownstone building, uh, for instance, my parents, they put their unit on the top floor of a building, and then there's yep. three apartments underneath. That's a little bit larger scale income property, but it's still an income property. If you're in the yeah, suburbs... Yeah, but you know what? I, go ahead. That's the best, those brownstones. Oh, I yeah. was advising people in 2008, 2009, those things were selling for pennies on the dirt. dollar. Dirt, absolute dirt. dirt. You're absolutely right. Yep. And, and now they're worth millions. Yep. Millions. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's that's no exaggeration. Um, you know, so it's it. Yeah, it's I guess, it, it. you know, it depends on what you can tolerate for your entry, your entry into the market, um, what you know, what you have for a down payment. Um, but, you know, there's uh, yeah, it's 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 just it's a great way to have somebody else <laughs> pay your mortgage. You know, the income property is a great entry point for a lot of people as well. You know, you think you might not be able to afford a home. 
having a home with an income property kind of gives you that extra boost, that extra cash, allows you to afford it. The best thing I ever did when I bought my first home, I moved into the basement. I rented out the upstairs. Paid off my house in nine years. There you go. Right? And who does that? Who does that yeah, in their twenties anymore? But see, the thing I ta- the thing I take away from that, Scott, is your willingness, right? And and that's what I think a, a lot of people miss. It's like yep. you don't instantly go to you know Madison Avenue and buy the penthouse and live in it. No. Scott bought himself a house and lived in the basement, basement. <laughs> and rented like that. You've got to be willing to make sacrifices in order to make money, in order to level your game up, in order to jump up to that next level of property that you want to buy, own, flip, Airbnb, what have you. You know, it's not without struggle. It's not without sacrifice. And, and that's something I like to really harp on because it, like you like we all stated in the beginning, our show's can from time to time make it look easy it's not easy it's not without sacrifice these are the things we do to uh to you know to make it all happen absolutely and you gotta hustle you better hustle while you can because you know you never know what's coming life throws curveballs good ones bad ones everything in between and i always say you know the when you're young and you've got the energy and maybe not as many responsibilities you better work hard because you know, I mean, John, think about it. You, you know, you're married. You got a kid. It's, it's a beautiful thing, and you want to be there with your family as much as you can. Like this isn't time that you can necessarily put in the same hustle you could have ten years ago, right? A hundred percent, hundred percent agree with that. And you're right. It's it's when you can do it, you do it, and you get it done. So, Scott, with uh, with Buyer's Boot Camp, why don't you take us through the concept for anybody who doesn't know yet, and then uh, we'll, uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about it, some of the experiences with the homeowners, how it's been shooting the show, and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, Buyer's Boot Camp, I've been, I've been excited to do this show for a while because it allows me to do two things. Number one, it allows me to show people another way to invest in real estate on the, on the, on the sort of flipping side of things and the buy and hold side of things. Uh, but it also allows me to partner with people because I get, you know, just like you guys are probably getting emails all the time, come and renovate my house, come and renovate my <laughs> yes, house. Yes. So yes. We get those ones, but the other ones that I get is, I want to invest in real estate. Help me invest in real estate. I've got this great property. I want you to, and so I was like, you know what? I have the resources to get involved in all of these properties, but I don't have the time to go and find them all. So basically put it out to the fans. I said, you find a great property, you buy it right, count me in as a partner. And so I've basically gone across. Now with this show, I did this show in Canada and the United States. So we filmed in two different countries. It was crazy. We were in like 10 different cities. We filmed almost every episode in a different city. That's awesome. And basically I was just going to visit multiple people who said, I've got a great property. I need a partner. And I would go and check it out, and if I like it, I make them a, a, a proposal, a, a sort of say, "I'll make you a deal." It's like Shark Tank. Shark Tank meets HGTV. That's what this show is. Right on. Love it. Love it. Very, very cool. And uh, and who, and when is it airing? So the show is airing. Uh, the first run is on DIY Network on Saturday nights at 10 p.m. I don't have, and then it's going to run on HGTV, but I don't even know the time slot yet. Okay. And, and it's, and it's uh, already run in Canada. Is it already? Air no, air? it's just it's running. It's running in Canada and the United. It's running on HGTV Canada in Canada. It's running on DIY Network in the U in the US right now. And I think we're four or five episodes in so far. Cool. And um, and uh, we've got uh, another six to go, or so. There's eleven episodes in the season. 
I'm uh, I'm curious about this. Do you see any difference in what you're doing when you've actually done the episodes in Canada into the U.S., or is everything pretty much the same? Uh, you know, there's a lot of similarities, but there's definitely differences. I mean, um, price points, obviously, from yep. city to city are crazy, crazy uh, variations. I mean, you know, like cities like Toronto, where $800,000 gets you a small fixer-upper. <laughs> yeah, gets to, you nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, to, like, Buffalo. I mean, the my favorite place filming this year was Buffalo. I know that sounds crazy. Like, who loves Buffalo? Scott McGillivray loves there Buffalo. There you go. Right Scott's now. moving to Buffalo. <laughs> I love it. We bought a house for $25,000. Wow. And wow. this thing was beautiful. It was a two and a half story Victorian, like 2,400 square feet. You guys would appreciate wow. this. You walk in, the, the woodwork on the main entrance alone between the wainscoting, the double staircase, oh. there was twenty. There was $20,000 to $50,000 worth of carpentry work on the main floor and bought the bloody house for $25,000. I almost passed out. That's incredible. I couldn't even believe, I couldn't wrap my mind around it, you know? So that was an incredible opportunity. I, I wanted to keep that property once we were done. Did a nice little restoration on it, but you know, like flipping properties in Buffalo, you can make, you can make a hundred grand a property. So here's eight to 10 weeks. So here, so here's something that, that, uh, strikes me as very interesting for, for this concept. How do you get your mind wrapped around the local real estate market? Cause as you just mentioned from Toronto to Buffalo, you've got a $775,000 property value swing. <laughs> a little so, bit. well, no, but I, th- I think it's important because as a skilled, uh, veteran real estate investor, you can tell people how fast you can do this, but they can extrapolate into learning how to do the research for their current market and 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 really make sure they're educated on how to buy it right. Yeah, and I think that, you know, the the best piece of advice, at least in the short term, is if you're you know, if you're if you want to win in real estate, which everybody should want to win in real estate, because at some point you're either gonna rent, you're gonna own, or you're gonna have investment properties. Take a real estate course, join a local real estate group, go to free real estate presentations, like get any education or information you can about real estate because it takes, it takes some time to, to learn the process. Um, but the, you know, the truth is being in 10 different markets, that gets me excited. But I use the same formulas over and over again. I'm looking at the comparables. I'm looking at the list prices. I'm putting in multiple offers. I'm working with an agent. And, you know, within, I think it was in Sarasota. I got to Sarasota a few months ago. I haven't spent much time in Sarasota. I really knew nothing about the local market. And I bought a house within an hour of being there. I was like, boom. Oh my God. And it was, a, it was a home run. We did extremely well. It was a flip. And literally, People in Sarasota were like, oh, you can't invest here. There's no opportunities left. I'm like, I've been, I was here for an hour and you did before it. I had my first <laughs> real estate investment in town. So don't tell me how it can't be done when there are other people coming here and doing it. It's, you just have to, you have to invest in yourself. You have to learn and you have to obey the numbers. Like a lot of people think it's about how pretty it looks or what street it's on or you know, where's the best place to buy, people always say. Yeah, exactly. And I tell people, within five minutes of your house, I guarantee you somebody's making a ton of money within five minutes of where you live in real estate, right under your nose. Well, when, when, you, when you meet the couple that you're going to invest with, 
is what's like the one thing? Of course, I know we talked about buying it right. We, we have that down. But once they actually have the property, what's like, I guess, what's the one issue or problem or advice that you give them to kind of talk them off the ledge? Like, do you see homeowners kind of falling into the same trap do, doing something that you're like, guys, you don't want to do that? Either it's going to cost you too much money or that's not wise. Is there something that it's kind of, it's been the same thread that goes between each investment property? John, you're asking me to give out the secret ah, that we don't show you on TV. <laughs> <laughs> this is, that's well, it. It's, listen, you, you know what happens behind the scenes. So I'll go, I'll go there. I'll go there. Okay. The, um, you know, the show now that we've been doing it for a year because the episodes are going to air, you know, we started doing this about a year ago. Yep. I, I've lived the full cycle of the investing partnership and not all of them have been great. I know. Let's well, put it that way. Hey, look, we've been, we've been involved in many investments and yes, they have not all been, some have been good and some, unfortunately, that's just the way business is. It doesn't, it doesn't always work out great. You're right. It doesn't always work out great, but the truth is, if you know, we flip eleven we flip eleven properties uh, this season. We, as long as we make money on nine or ten of them, it's okay. It's a You're win. not going to make money on yep. all of them, right? right? Correct. And and that we're transparent about that on the show. When we don't make money on the house, I'm like, damn it, we had to sell it or whatever we had to do. We had to rent it because we couldn't sell it. Like we talk about it. I That's mean, great. I'm, there's a real deal. People are going to find out anyway. Like right. people Amen. buy them. They're, they're on social media saying, I live in this house. I bought it. So, um, but even the partnerships, I'm realizing more and more that, you know, you've got to be, you've got to be careful who you invest with. You want to make sure that the people are committed because they say, yeah, I totally into this. I'm going to be here every day. And then by day three, they've fallen Gone. off the face of the earth. Or Ghost like, oh, I, I, was, I had a big, I had a vacation booked for this week. Oh, vacation booked for this week? What is vacation? Are you crazy? I can tell you, you why that's happening. That? I can tell you why that's happening, Scott. They're, exp- they're You're too good at what you do, man. They're expecting <laughs> that you're going to step in and oh. take care of all this shit, man. Wait a stand. You're sticking up for the fans. <laughs> I know no, what you're doing. No, 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 I'm not. Me, no, 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 no. I'm boosting your ego, but it's, but it's okay. also, but it's also happens to be the truth, and it, it speaks to hustle. And and it do, just because you know what you're doing doesn't mean you're the one who should be doing it. You've paid your dues. The people yeah. who are getting into business with you should be thankful they have your advice. And if you're willing to to get into that property, it means chances are better than not that it's going to be a hell of a winner. And if they just fucking sweat a little bit, put the goddamn time in for a few weeks to a few months, they could walk away with a nice chunk of change. That's the point I'm trying to make. I'm bringing you to set to give them a motivation. That's what I want. All right, you got it. If you bring Anthony there, there's going to be some preaching and going is, on. And this, is, and this is how it'll sound and, on HGTV. And, 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 and bleep, bleep. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, you're going to be my bouncer when we're there. Like, I brought the muscle, and he's going to give you guys the riot act right now. You That's got it, pal. Scott, Anytime, Scott. Scott, you can be like, well, I got these two Italians from Jersey. And if that doesn't just set them off, then I guess who knows what will. But that's no, it, that that's great advice. It, that, that, that really is. And it's something that a lot of homeowners can, can kind of really sink their teeth into. And it is the hard work. It is really putting in the hours because if you're not committed and if your investors aren't committed, you're absolutely right. It's not going to be the outcome that, that, that everybody wants. Very, very cool. 
Scott, can't thank you enough for taking the time, man. Really, really appreciate it. Um, guys, as always, Scott's uh, social media info will be in the show notes, Buyers Bootcamp, Airtimes, Networks, and their respective countries, because he is an international superstar, will yes. also <laughs> be in the show notes. Um, really, really great advice, and uh, so good to catch up with you, my man. Guys, that was another episode of Home with the Cousins. Hey guys, real quick before you go, we just want to say thanks for listening to the show this week. And if you have a second, please subscribe on the Apple Podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts. And share the show with your friends so we can keep growing this great community. Remember to check out homewiththecousins.com to read our show notes from this episode, see past episodes, download our free renovation document package, or just to send us a note. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Carino Anthony and at Culinary John. Our show is produced and edited by yours truly, with original music intro and outro created by Steve and Joseph Padula. I'm Anthony Carino, and thanks for listening.